Judging other Christians can be a dangerous thing. Cutie intro. Welcome to Christian Capsules Season 2, Capsule Number 5. Here, we are fixing Christianity one dose at a time. Remember, all scripture is read from the NESB 95 edition. And please be sure to subscribe to Christian Capsules via your favorite podcast player. Or on everything. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, iHeart, you name it. Today, we're talking about how Christians judge other Christians according to their pre-Christian sins. I know that sounds like a lot. It sounds, you know, kind of confusing. Um, but in layman's terms, is Christians how they judge each other prior to becoming Christians. That's what we're talking about today. The reason we're talking about this today is because I've come across recently a few instances where Christians are holding other Christians' past life sins against them. And they're holding them to where they can't get jobs or they're viewed differently within the church, you know, or just basically just to judge them outright. So that's a problem. And so we're going to talk about it today. And actually, it's a dangerous precedence to start to do something like that, to judge people according to their past Christian lives. Um, and the Bible talks about this. So we're going to get into the Bible verse right now. It comes from Matthew chapter 7, and it's verses 1 through 2. It says, Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. Alright, so the Bible paints a clear warning about how we judge others. Right? The verse starts with a stark warning. It says, do not. Right? The first words, do not, verse in, in uh, chapter 7. Um, do not judge, so you will not be judged. This is a warning. And the warning is uh, that it will have consequences because in the way we judge, it will be measured back or it will be used that way against us. So what does all this mean? So basically in layman's terms, it means that if we use, when we go to judge, and we use prejudices in our judgment, those same measurements of how we judge will be done back to us. And that should scare us. Um, it should scare us so much that we abandon all reckless or biased judging. Um, and we don't even know. So the thing is this. We have no idea how God will use it back against us. Is he going to use other people to judge us like that? Is he going to judge us himself like that? Was it a combination of both? We don't know. So that's that should be scary in, in and of itself. Um, the fact that the Jesus is going out of his way to say that, saying, look, don't judge other people, right, with prejudices, because guess what? Those same ways, and let's face it, we're human. Prejudices creep in every now and then. So sometimes we're going to do that. 
we're gonna we're not gonna look with Holy Spirit eyes at people and we're gonna hold their stuff against them. Um, I've been guilty of that myself. I've used a person's background against them because of my own fears and not out of spiritual wisdom. I mean, I mean, have we all done this a few times? Let's explore it. How many times have we said to ourselves or to someone else, yeah, I understand he's a Christian now, but wasn't he in jail for murder? Yeah, better not let your guard down around that guy. Or maybe perhaps we said, yeah, maybe he's a Christian now, but wasn't he charged with child pornography? Better not give him a position of power in church. Better yet, watch your children around that guy. Or how about this one? Didn't that guy used to be an alcoholic before he was a Christian? So what is he doing driving the church van now? I understand there's forgiveness, but there's also brains. Now, do you see how this can be hypocritical? We can be hypocritical many times. How can we hold others down for past sins? And yet we ourselves have come from many past sins of our own. And yet we still hold church staff positions, voluntary leadership positions at church. But we're going to get mad at the people who also have past sins. You see how hypocritical that is? You can't get mad at other people if you were doing the same thing. And I'm not talking about the same sins, but you've come from the same type of background. We all have come from sinful backgrounds. That's the point. That's the whole point of this. All of us have come from sinful backgrounds, and we were redeemed. So you can't look at another Christian and be like, well, yeah, I know he's redeemed too, but he's, he, he's got these one kind of sins, and that's where our prejudice comes in. It's these, these kind of sins that we, you know, uh, child pornography, murder, he was in jail, uh, was he a thief, better watch your purse. You, you see what I'm saying? But, so you, because you, you, you measure that against your sin, and you're like, well, I wasn't a thief, I wasn't into child pornography, I wasn't a murderer. You know, yeah, I, was, I had other sins, but I wasn't as bad as that guy. That is exactly uh, what the Pharisee was doing when that one uh, guy was praying on his knees humbly to God. And the Pharisee was like, yeah, I'm not like that guy. You know, thank goodness, Lord, for that. I mean, that's a perfect example. We, we are that Pharisee when you do something like that. I mean, come on, Christians. We need to get it together. This is why people have a problem with Christianity. I hear it all the time. I just heard it recently. Uh, Christianity is good and all, but there's too many hypocrites in the church. I, I hear it all the time. We just can't get our act together with this kind of stuff. Instead of judging people according to the past sins, we should be understanding and forgiving because we came from the same thing. But let's explore this more. Let's get into this a little bit more. I mean, if we're doing this type of judgment to our own Christian brothers, that must mean that we either do not believe what Jesus says, our sins are remembered no more, or we don't care that those sins are gone. But we're still going to be prejudiced and judged with the eyes of men. And if we're doing this to some of our Christian brothers, then we are doomed to judge all unbelievers with an unfair eye more often than not. However, we must remember that all of us as Christians came from a life of non-repentant sin. And when we became born again, 
we became citizens of heaven. Those sins once repented of have been forgiven and wiped off the board. God remembers them no more. So why should we? I'm just going to put up a few examples from the Bible. Let's start with Jacob. I mean, Jacob, didn't he cause havoc in his past life with Esau and his mom and his father? I mean, Jacob struggled with sins of self-reliance, uh, deceit, trickery, until he had this battle with God. And until he surrendered to God, he was um, a menace. And then he wrestles with God, and then God no longer holds his past sins against him. How about the woman that was caught in, in, in adultery? Or perhaps it was a spear campaign by those who were just bloodthirsty. They were ready to stone her. And Jesus was like, those let him without sin cast the first stone. So anyway, they left. And Jesus uh, picks up the woman and says, the accusers are gone. I don't, I don't accuse you either. Go and sin no more. Again, sin no longer held against her. What about uh, Matthew? Not the, not, the, not the book, but the, the person who wrote the book. The tax collector. I mean, we all know how tax collectors were back then. Tax collectors were constant thieves. They were stealing money um, from the pot and charging more, basically breaking the backs of hardworking Jews. Didn't Jesus call him to, to apostleship? And doesn't he end up writing one of the best gospels in the Bible? Right? What about Peter? We all know that Peter denied Jesus three times, right? And you would think that that would be like the straw that breaks the camel's back. Like, you would think that'd be it. That's it. Peter, not only did he, not, not, not only did he deny Jesus once, but he did it three times. But what does Jesus do? He, re, he restores Peter and reassures Peter that Jesus, that Jesus loves him. And that he's a big part of the church. In fact, he's the rock. He's the foundation. Yeah. Right? That the church will be built upon. Right? Jesus does not hold Peter to his denial of Jesus in the past. Because this was a big thing in restoring Peter's confidence. And it also reaffirms the love of the Savior to the sinner who has been redeemed. Peter was redeemed at that point And then goes on to become um, the apostle he was meant to be. What about Paul? <laughs> and let's, let's, let's get into Paul. Paul, who used to be Saul, was a murderer of Christians. Not a murderer, a murderer of Christians. And it was responsible for Stephen's death. That alone should make Paul unqualified. But what, what does Jesus do? Jesus stops Paul, he redeems him, and makes Paul one of the most prolific New Testament authors. Jesus does not hold Paul's sin against him, but instead raises him up to the most prestigious post that a member of God can have, and then gives him the ultimate power through the Holy Spirit that was awe-inspiring. Paul was so filled with the Spirit that people were getting his napkins and getting healed by his napkins. Well, Paul was nowhere to be found. He wasn't even in the region where those napkins were. Their people were getting them and getting healed. He was a murderer. If there was anybody that you should hold their sins, past sins against them, it would, you would think it would be him. 
but Jesus makes him the most premier character in the New Testament. If Jesus doesn't hold our past sins against us, should we not act the same way to people who become Christians? Because their sins were wiped off the books like ours was? Otherwise, if we don't, we will have a church that has no members that can be trusted. Nor can anyone hold any post or office inside the church fabric, church as church staff. And then we might as well be not a church at all. Now, this doesn't refer to people who become Christians, but are still struggling with some sort of sin. When I talk about the people who are still struggling with a problem with sin, like, let me see, for instance, let's say they were alcoholic, but they found the Lord, right? And then they became Christian, but they're still having problems with alcoholism. Not talking about that kind of stuff. Obviously, we have the uh, we have discernment, so we have to you know that's different. That is not a person who's left sin behind. Paul stopped being a murderer, and we now become an apostle. He was not murdering people after he was redeemed. I'm talking about past sins, not current sins. I think the difference has to be made and understood. Not talking about, or I'm not talking about habitual sin. People who think that they're Christians, but they're still living a life of a sinner. I'm not talking about those people either. I'm talking about a person who's left a sin behind, become a Christian, and then people are like, yeah, but he used to be. I mean, we all used to be. And we need to stop it. We need to pay attention to what the Lord has done for us and stop acting like um, that we're better than everybody else. Just because you didn't murder somebody doesn't mean your sin wasn't as bad as theirs. We need to consider how that person feels when you show them prejudice or a bias. A bias is a quick way to lose many potential church members. People are going to be looking at us saying we're hypocrites and for good reason. My name is Jermaine and I'll talk to you next time.